Welcome to the Rubin Report Direct Message. I'm your host, Dave Rubin. It's December 18th, 2020, and I'm pretending that I'm a network news anchor. How am I doing? I feel pretty good. All right, guys, this is our last live direct message of 2020. That's right, I'm giving my guys off for the remainder of the year. We've got a bunch of best of shows uh, coming out over the next 10 days or so and I'll be at Turning Point Student Action Summit in Florida giving a talk on Monday, which we're gonna post that talk. I'll be in front of live human beings. My God, what a world. I haven't been in front of live human beings, at least giving a talk in front of a whole bunch of them while holding a microphone uh, since literally one year ago at this very same event. So I'm super psyched to be doing that. Uh, but my guys have been busting their butts, working really hard all year. The, the team has expanded in the midst of lockdown, actually the, the two guys that I have in studio right now, not, not to get Garcetti looking at me like I have people in my room right now, but, but Michael and Connor, uh, both are new hires this year, so our team has expanded and everybody's worked incredibly hard, you know, doing stuff remote and now uh, in a new studio, right? We started in another studio this year, like just so many things, so I want my guys to enjoy the Christmas break and the end of the year, and actually one of the things that I write about in Don't Burn This Book is that if you're ever gonna take just a week off of social media, that Christmas week basically rolling into the New Year's, like that's kind of the time to do it, right? To focus on food, family, friends, remember those things? Uh, so that's what I'm mostly gonna be doing. I'm really gonna limit all my social media stuff. I'm gonna be posting on the Ruben Report community, so if you wanna join us there, I can have a little more actually human interaction with you guys there. And as I said, we'll post a couple videos, but really I just want people to kinda enjoy the end of the year. So that that is my goal. Uh, it's been a busy day already though, and I've, I've got a busy day ahead, so we're, we're ending strong. I was on Outnumbered on Fox, uh, this morning already, I think that was at 9 a.m. Was I on at 9 a.m.? And uh, it's four lady hosts and they bring in a guy. I was the guy uh, this morning and that, that was fun. And then I'm on uh, with Martha McCallum uh, a little bit later this afternoon. And we're gonna hit a couple stories here and, uh, and then you know, you'll go about your way. You know what I mean? Simple as that. Oh, by the way, I do have my trusty glasses today because I may have to give a special message for somebody. Oh, and one other thing before we get to, uh, to the main meat of the show today. Uh, you know, I talked about uh, having alopecia areata yesterday, and I showed some pictures of, at one point I had lost probably about 40% of my hair. I went under these horrible experimental treatments and just awful, awful stuff. And I just wanna say, I, I got so many freaking messages yesterday from, from many of you who not only have dealt with alopecia, uh, but have dealt with just like all sorts of strange autoimmune diseases that you chalk up to stress, that in many cases, doctors couldn't figure out exactly why you were breaking out in hives or having other kind of skin problems or alopecia or whatever it is. Uh, and I just wanna say, that's exactly why I try to do this show the way I do it, because as I always tell you, I'm not trying to make you crazy, I'm not trying to make you nervous or frantic or psychotic or tense or any of those things, like I'm trying to do this stuff in a, in a palatable way. Uh, but it's also why I started doing the August off the grid thing, uh, where I take the month off August. It's why I think shutting it down as we roll into Christmas and, and New Year, I think is important. And I hope you guys are just taking care of yourselves, however you see fit. 
but speaking of taking care of yourselves, we have governors in this wonderful country, Democratic governors, people like Andrew Cuomo in New York and Gavin Newsom in California and Gretchen Whitmer in Michigan. And if you don't remember Gretchen Whitmer, she's the woman who after a couple weeks of lockdown, she announced that people in Michigan should not do gardening and landscaping outside of their homes. Meaning on your own property, she was trying to get people to stop planting plants, okay? Literally trying to stop people planting plants. You may not remember this, but I actually sent seeds to people in Michigan. We did a little thing on Twitter and I sent seeds so people could plant tomato plants, cucumbers. I think we sent, uh, what else did we send? We sent some Brussels sprouts. Somebody told me they didn't want Brussels sprouts, which made me send it to them. Cause I was like, you know, if you can't, I'm, I'm moving seeds here. You're gonna take what you can get. Anyway, the point is she's a ridiculous authoritarian lockdown hoe and uh, <laughs> lockdown hoe, I like that one. Um, but of course she doesn't abide by her own rules. In the midst of the lockdown, she was seen uh, on, I believe it was on her boat or a friend's boat for her husband's birthday party with a whole bunch of friends, no social distancing and the rest of it. Of course, the hypocrisy knows no bounds. You guys know how all of them flaunt their rules uh, and make you, the peons, uh, live under their boot. Uh, well, Gretchen Whitmer, uh, she did a Zoom with some children from Michigan and, uh, and Santa Claus. So I don't know how she got a hold of Santa Claus. He's very busy this time of year. But here is Governor Gretchen Whitmer, Santa Claus, and the children of Michigan. Thank you for joining us. I'm Governor Gretchen Whitmer, and I'm really excited to be here with all of you. And I also know someone who's been really following the rules and making sure that he stays safe and the elves stay safe. And so my special guest is Santa Claus. Hello, boys and girls. How are you? Does anyone have a question for Santa Claus? Santa, do you have to wear a mask? When I'm in my workshop with all my elves, we all are masked up in social distancing. Hi, Santa. Okay. Hi, Chuck. Should we leave out cookies and elves also sent carrots for the reindeer this year? Yes, please do. Set up carrots and cookies if you can. I'll also, also say hand sanitizer if you're done with the cookies and milk. That was a good suggestion. Excuse me, Santa. Is yes. there coronavirus in the North Pole? Everyone has been testing negative. We're still getting tested. I think we're so far up north that it might not be getting to us, but we're not gonna take any chances. We're all gonna mask up, we're all gonna wash our hands, and we're all gonna stay six feet apart. Hi, how can we keep people safe for Christmas? What I would suggest to do is what the governor is telling all the people of the great state of Michigan to do. Social distance, wash your hands, and make sure you wear your mask when you're outside your home. And another way to stay safe during the holiday is to stay home, but call your grandparents and your cousins and your family, and it's the safest way to tell the people you love how much you care about them. This year, it has to look a little bit different so we can stay safe. And I appreciate all of you doing your part. Santa, 
thank you so much for making time for us today. Let's hear your oh, best ho ho ho. Ho ho ho. Merry Christmas. Hi, everybody. <laughs> oh, excuse me, I was vomiting that entire time. I don't like you, Gretchen Whitmer. That whole thing was so absolutely staggeringly nauseating. Excuse <laughs> okay, there's so much there. The first question, the first question that a child has for Santa, Santa, do you have to wear a mask? That's what the first question was. Santa, can I have a train? Santa, can I have a shotgun? Santa, can I have a new governor? Those things all would have made sense. Santa, do you have to wear a mask? Um, then he, you see this moment where he tells them that they all have to stand six feet away from each other and then a whole bunch of kids who are all together, probably about 10 kids and a team, yes, Santa, okay, Santa. It, it, this is such, ridiculous propaganda and training children to be obedient pets by adults who won't even behave by their own rules. If you think for even one moment that Gretchen Whitmer is going to spend Christmas six feet away from everybody, not with anyone from her home or obeying the rest of the lockdown orders that she would wish that these children's parents would live under, uh, you got another thing coming. And you know, I haven't busted out the old newsman glasses in a while, right? I've busted them out. I've talked about Bill de Blasio, special message to Andrew Cuomo, special message to Eric Garcetti, special message to Gavin Newsom. But I haven't busted them out in a while and people have said, a lot of people have said, Dave, we wish you would bust the glasses out more. It's a very important message. You know, you put the glasses on and you take them off and you talk directly to the camera and you lay out a message for these people. And I haven't done it because it's the holiday season and I've been trying to, you know, not curse as much and everything else. But I, I just, here we are and it's just, you know. Gretchen Whitmer. Merry Christmas. Could you be a little bit better? I should have said it. I should have said it now. I, I was trying to be nice. I'm trying to be nice here. You see what they've done? As a, as a general rule, I'm a, I'm a pretty nice guy. And they've put me in a position of not only am I now a radical freedom extremist, but then I'm also saying these words every now and again. All right, so that was Gretchen Whitner, Merry Christmas. Now I'll just... I'll, Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer, go fuck yourself. <laughs> Look, joking aside, this is just serious drivel. Like this sort of training of children, it, it's so dangerous. And this has nothing to do with what the government is supposed to do, right? Like this is, the government is supposed to protect life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. It's just supposed to put the guardrails there so we're not killing each other out on the streets. That's it. And it's supposed to get out of our way. The idea that we're looking to these people as our role models or as people who should be telling us what to do and when to do it and who we can be with and what we can eat and when we can eat and where we can go and all of these things, it's just absolutely crazy. And I, I hope that if nothing else, if you do nothing else during Christmas, you, you spend the time with your loved ones and people that you wanna be with and friends and family and all that and, and ignore these silly, silly people. 
But let's talk a little bit more about lockdowns because I've been saying something for a couple weeks here that now I see bubbling up all over mainstream media. Tucker was talking about it last night on Fox News, Tucker Carlson, of course, and a whole bunch of other people have been bringing it up. I hadn't heard anyone saying it, and then I've said it a couple times over the last few weeks, and I, I think I mentioned it on, uh, on Newsmax and maybe on Fox. But one of the very odd things to me about these lockdowns that we're told are so important is that here in California, we've been under perpetual lockdown. Everyone's wearing a mask everywhere. Yes, I did, uh, you know, mea culpa, guys. I walked the dog this morning and I had an illegal haircut yesterday. I know, I know, I'm a radical, what can I tell you? But, but what seems odd to me is if, if these lockdowns work, well, I am in the most lockdown state here in California. Florida is open. Texas is basically open. Shouldn't their numbers be double, triple, exponentially larger, right? Exponentially more than the numbers in the lockdown states, if any of this made sense. Now, not everything is apples to apples. California has a ton of people. There's weather things that are different, but also you could look at Florida, which has an extremely elderly population. I mean, there, there's all sorts of factors, but the point is that if lockdowns as a general rule worked, wouldn't we see that lockdown states would be going down and open states would be going up. And in fact, we see the reverse, and it's partly because we're not letting these uh, states that are locked down hit herd immunity and, and a series of other things. So the Federalists did an interesting piece on this, and uh, here's what they said. Thus far in Florida, approximately 20,000 people have died of COVID-19. In Texas, the number stands around 24,000, and in New York, around 35,000. New York is the smallest of the three, so it's the smallest of those three states, and it has the most numbers, with 19.54 million residents. Then comes Florida with 21.67, before Texas with 28.7 million restaurants. Uh, residents, not restaurants. There were no restaurants left anymore. Uh, the reason that I said restaurants is because uh, we also got an interesting number here uh, that according to New York State, 1.4 1.43% of corona cases in New York have been linked to restaurants. So really think about this for a moment. We are telling people, stay out of restaurants, not even outdoor restaurants. Sorry you built all that outdoor space which isn't cheap and isn't easy to do and you're already hurting financially. You can't go to restaurants even though only roughly 1% of the cases have anything to do with restaurants. We're gonna send you back home where then they show, according to their numbers, people are getting more infected at home because you're around family and friends and everything else. Again, which I think you should be allowed to do and is well within your right and you should figure out what works for you and your family and if you have elderly people there or infirmed people or everything else. There's no such thing as a perfect system. They can't keep you perfectly safe from an amorphous virus that Eight months ago, we were told two weeks to flatten the curve, and then I watched the infallible Fauci, that's my new name for him, the infallible Fauci, uh, who should really just be a, a magician, doesn't it? It sounds like a magician. Now the infallible Fauci, who will slice this woman in half. I saw him this morning, and he's talking about how uh, by April, after we have further lockdowns and more masks and everything else, by April, we can start thinking about getting back to normalcy, even though 
now the vaccines are being taken. I, I have a friend in, uh, in Texas, you know who you are, uh, who's a doctor, frontline worker, and he got the vaccine today. It is up to you in your own personal life and with the choices that you think are appropriate for you to figure out if you wanna take the vaccine or not, okay? I mean, it's just, it's just as simple as that. But, but getting to those earlier numbers, New York has a smaller population than Florida or Texas. Not everything is equal, I get that, um, but clearly, the lockdowns don't work. There's no science behind it. Uh, yesterday we did the story out of San Diego where a judge looked at the science, he looked at the science and he said, guess what, we gotta open up the strip clubs because there's no science to say these things can be, uh, should be closed, okay? So we're really getting to this sort of breaking point where some states are gonna be free and some states are not gonna be free. And speaking of free states, as I said at the top of the show, I'm, I'm heading out this weekend to Florida. I'm gonna go see what free people, I feel like I'm going to another country. I mean, we've really reduced this lunacy that I feel like when I go to Florida, which I've been to many, many times and I've always liked Florida and I don't mind the humidity, uh, that I'm gonna be in another country. I'm gonna get off the plane and I'm gonna see people and they might be hugging each other or talking to each other. And I might go to a restaurant and order French fries. I don't know, maybe I'll have a burger, a steak, who knows? Well, it's Florida, I probably have a lot of fish. I like fresh fish and I'm gonna have that in Florida and you can't stop me, Gretchen Whitmer, Andrew Cuomo, or Gavin Newsom. Anyway, it's all just silly nonsense. Uh, let's just do one other story on uh, COVID before I wrap up our last live stream of the year. Uh, you guys may remember the newspaper formerly known as the New York Times. It was once thought of as the paper of record in the United States and really now, if you have a bird, parakeet, whatever it might be, the, really the best thing you could use the New York Times for is to line the cage. It really has no other purpose besides that. I suppose if you were doing paper mache, do people still do that? Whatever you do with paper mache and you can create some sort of sculpture or something, you could use the New York Times for that. But the New York Times is a, a crap factory of fake news and drivel. They've called me alt-right. They've written hit pieces around a ton of people that I know. We, we know they constantly lie about anyone that's a conservative and they, they cover the, the crimes and, and drivel that, that comes out of the progressive left. They've completely wholly embraced uh, identity politics. A moderate liberal like Barry Weiss had to resign from the New York Times because it has become such a cancerous, awful organization. Uh, I know a couple other people that are loosely affiliated with the New York Times, some of them that are actually there, uh, that, that are constantly talking about how horrible it is. So the New York Times, is a shitty, shitty organization. And, it, and it's indicative of how the news and mainstream media has just absolutely crumbled. Well, they did a piece this morning and the title of the article in the New York Times is The Elderly Versus Essential Workers. Who should get the first, who should get, well, let me start that again. The Elderly Versus Essential Workers who should get the coronavirus vaccine first? Now that's an interesting title for an article and there's an interesting, I would say moral and ethical debate about who should get the vaccine first, right? We've got frontline workers and bus drivers and delivery people and doctors and nurses and everything else. We've got, you know, who generally are younger and they're putting themselves out there so they're more at risk, but they might have stronger defenses against it and everything else. So maybe we do that and get it to them first, maybe we don't. Then we have elderly people who we know are dying at a higher rate and are more at risk, so maybe we wanna do it there and we have to figure out where resources go. Great moral and ethical debate, right? But here's how the New York Times framed it. This is just so spectacular. Quote, 
Harold Schmidt, an expert in ethics and health policy at the University of Pennsylvania, said that it is reasonable to put essential workers ahead of older adults given their risks, and now here's where it gets good, and that they are disproportionately minorities. Older populations are whiter, Dr. Schmidt said. Society is structured in a way that enables them to live longer. Instead of giving additional health benefits to those who already had more of them, we can start to level the playing field a bit. Did you catch what he just said there? Did you catch what Schmidt just said there? I can tell you this, uh, ethics ain't what they used to be, and I don't know what the hell is going on at University of Pennsylvania. In essence, he is saying, because there are some frontline workers who happen to be minorities, we should let grandma and grandpa whitey, right? Old white people, they should just die. Do you see how what he framed there is so different than what I framed before that? If you wanna have the ethical debate about frontline workers versus older people and how to figure out resources, well, that's just fine. But once you put color, ethnicity into the mix, level the playing field. That is the most dangerous phrase that I've ever heard related to all of this. Because what he means is, yeah, more of them should die. More white people should die. And by the way, if you're thinking that this is shocking, this is just the end of what identity politics is. Identity politics is not about raising certain people based on skin color, it's about taking down other people. And it literally, the end of identity politics is either killing whitey grandma and grandpa or having laws that will be against white people. It really is as simple as that. It is as simple as that. If you take this thing to its logical conclusion, and, and I'd like to give a special shout out to you losers at Media Matters who are undoubtedly watching this and gonna selectively uh, clip what I just said there, but that is the truth. Uh, they go on to say in the article, still, or he goes on to say, still, some people believe it is wrong to give racial and socioeconomic equity more weight than who is most likely to die. Holy fuck balls, man. You're a horrible person, Harold Schmidt. University of Pennsylvania should be absolutely embarrassed and you, you have no understanding of ethics. Yes, who will die should absolutely have more weight than the racial and socioeconomic equity of a group of people. Take a breath, Dave. Okay. You get it, guys, you get it. This is, this is what we're fighting, and uh, as, I, as I wrap this last direct message of 2020, uh, let me just say that this is going to continue. This stuff is going to continue because it has to get to whatever its awful, sort of horrific, rock bottom thing is. And it just isn't there yet. And that, I think, is the unanswered question. And maybe that will be the question of 2021. Maybe the real question of 2021 is, now that wokeness has just burst forth into the disgusting, grotesque, anti-American, anti-freedom, anti-capitalist thing that it is, now that more people get it, instead of just the fringe YouTubers and you crazy people who watch us, instead of that, 
uh, maybe now that more people see it, it eventually will get, it will destroy so much that is good. It will destroy companies' ability to hire qualified people. It will, it will harm every governmental agency because we'll be hiring transportation secretaries because they're gay rather than they know what they're doing. And the litany of other things that you guys know about, right, that I don't have to talk ad nauseum about, uh, maybe, 2021 will be the year that it all comes crashing down on itself. I actually felt that 2020 could have been that year, but then COVID complicated things in, in a way that obviously nobody fully understood. Um, all right, on that note, folks, uh, this was officially my last in-studio live stream for 2020. I have told my guys, you're not gonna believe this, guys, I have here an electronic telephone with a video camera on it, and uh, over the course of the next 10 days, I will, Maybe I'll do some live streams. I may do some random ones. Uh, maybe from the beach, walking down the beach, I'm gonna be in Florida trying to enjoy myself. Maybe eating some nice fresh fish, who knows. Uh, but I will be spending all of my social media time on the Ruben Report community. So you can go to rubenreport.com if you wanna join and, and we can share thoughts and share food and recipes and music and all the other pictures of family and all that good stuff. And I, I really do love connecting with you guys. Uh, reminder though, we do have one more sit down for the year. Uh, my last interview of the year is with Adam Carolla where we're gonna just recap everything that happened in 2020. He's on that short list that I always talk about of sane people. Uh, so we will recap the craziest year of my lifetime and, and one of the craziest years in American history. By the way, part three of my interview with Abigail Schreier, all about the, the sudden burst of trans, of young girls who are transitioning uh, that's up right now on YouTube and the full part, uh, the full interview I should say, is at rubenreport.com. And then we've got a couple year-end compilations. One is just all my appearances on other shows and, and then the other is uh, interviews that I did here. That's, that's pretty much it. That's pretty much it. So my final message to you guys if, uh, as, my, as we shut down here is uh, love each other, love your families, be with your families and your friends. I know it can be tough. I've got versions of it myself, as I keep telling you guys. Um, try to cool it on the, on the political thing uh, during this time of year. It's like we got a lot to be thankful for. And uh, Merry Christmas to you guys. Last day of Hanukkah. I, technically last night was the last candle, but I guess it rolls into sundown today. Uh, and I look forward to seeing you guys in Florida. I will be at Turning Point Student Action Summit on Monday, I'll be doing a couple interviews and uh, we'll see what else happens. So, oh, and just more than anything else, just, just thank you guys for being part of this adventure this year. I mean, what a wacky year we have all had. And everyone, it, it, everyone, you know, you, you, there were two ways to end this year, right? You either kind of went completely nuts or, or you lined some things up in life, right? Like you started like figuring things out or you just sort of went, went down with the ship. And, uh, and I'm proud to say that I think we've done something really good here. You know, we launched this show. I wasn't even doing this show at the beginning of the year. We just launched this show in September. As I said, the team has expanded. Uh, Locals is absolutely crushing it. I think we're, we're fighting big tech in a really effective, good way. And uh, I'm just proud of what's going on and it's all because of you guys. So thank you guys, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and I'll see you in 2021. <laughs>